The first foundation is the foundation of awareness of the body, which is a bedrock, it's an anchor, it's a place we can always return to. The second foundation is contemplating feeling, just looking and noticing the quality of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral aspect to sense contact, to thought, to emotion, to the sensations that we have. It's really very helpful for getting a handle on some of the stories. Just see it in terms of unpleasant or pleasant. And the third foundation of mindfulness is opening up to the various thoughts and moods and memories, not so that we are absorbed into the story or believe the story or identify with the story, just so we are observing and knowing the thoughts, the moods and the emotions as they arise and watching them as they exist and watching them as they fade. And then the fourth foundation of mindfulness is observing the things that we're experiencing in our mind in terms of these various different groupings. Just noticing whether there are hindrances present. Just noticing how things are in terms of the aggregates. Noticing whether the factors of awakening are present or absent. The meditation that I want to guide us in today is on using the Four Noble Truths in relating to what we are experiencing. And so when we are settled and Attentive, receptive, open. We can allow our internal gaze of wisdom to see if there is any suffering present in any part of our body, of our heart, or our mind. We can know suffering as physical pain. We can know suffering as mental pain. We can experience suffering as wanting or not wanting. We can experience suffering in the presence of the hindrances. Or disturbing emotions. Or in sorrow, deep sadness. So we can cast our inner gaze through our body, in our heart, in our mind, with the question, is there suffering?
And if we are aware of some component of suffering, we can gently bring our attention either to it or nearby. Get a sense of the shape of the suffering, the color and the texture of the suffering. If it's moving, if it has a sound quality to it, Taking interest, showing up, being tender and present with our own suffering. Sometimes all that is needed is to show up and the suffering begins to soften and fade, change, it can start to pulse, it can start to move, it can shift. And sometimes we show up with our own suffering and the suffering is still present, tangible, noticeable. And then we can ask ourselves, What is the cause here of the suffering? Where is the cause? And in asking this question, where is the cause, it's really important that we don't look for external causes. All of the external things that have caused this suffering. This question is very pointed at looking at the internal wanting and not wanting of this to be there that is the cause of the suffering. Can we notice that? Our resistance, our not wanting, our resentment, our wishing it were otherwise, our wanting it to go away. and bring a gentle and loving attention to our own wanting and not wanting. Loving and gentle attention that doesn't judge that doesn't have an opinion, that doesn't punish, but is present 
with our own wanting and not wanting. Sometimes the not wanting is just a very subtle resistance to not wanting to feel. And when we're present with our own wanting and not wanting, what happens? Does it get stronger? Does it change? Does it fade? So we can learn to bring attention to our suffering and then recognize that the real suffering is not in the physical pain or the sadness or the anger or the sorrow or the loneliness. Or the hurting. The real suffering is not wanting it to be there. not wanting to know it, not wanting to feel it, not wanting to show up with this part of life, of reality, of experience. Bodies will body, and minds will mind. That's what they do. They do that best. Hearts will heart. They will feel things. That's what they do best. It's not in our control what we feel. But we do have a lot of choice 
about how we relate to it. Working with the Four Noble Truths, checking to see if there is suffering, looking for the wanting and the not wanting related to that suffering, showing up and watching what happens when we show up. So one component of working with the Four Noble Truths is to look for the suffering. And to attune to the wanting and the not wanting connected to the suffering. And right there, precisely there, exactly where we experience the suffering is where we experience the release, the cessation of suffering. The pain can exist, the hurt can exist, the loneliness can exist, the sadness can exist, and there can be no suffering around it. Just like a cloud floating through the sky of the mind. It has its own nature. It comes when the conditions are ripe. It stays 
and when the conditions no longer support it, the cloud dissolves, disappears, moves on. We can feel pain. We can feel emotional pain and we do not have to suffer around it. Another way of working with the Four Noble Truths in our meditation practice is by looking for the non-suffering. We get highly attuned to the things that are not right, to the one thing that's out of order, to the tiny little fragment that's slightly askew. Sometimes it can actually not be a little fragment. It can be something that is quite significant, quite an enormous pain that we're having to contend with. But our fingernails aren't suffering. Our eyes aren't suffering. Our toes aren't suffering. We have enough to eat. We have enough warmth physically. We have enough health. We have enough shelter. And so while we may be dealing with something that is very large or huge or monumental, There still are large areas of our life, of our physical body, of our emotional body, of our mental experience that is not suffering. There's no pain, there's no wanting, and there's no not wanting. As important as it is to attend to the suffering, as important as it is to attend to the non-suffering, And so if there's something that is long-standing or taking a long time to shift, it's really important, deliberately and periodically, to go through 
looking for the non-suffering, attending to the non-suffering, showing up for the non-suffering that is present. in physical body, in heart, and in mind. Now, one of the areas that takes quite a lot of sophistication is that looking at suffering and not suffering in this way requires a certain amount of mindfulness and observation. And if what we are experiencing, the physical sensations we're experiencing, or the emotions that we're experiencing are coming from shock or trauma, or if they are coming from a regressed state of mind. And what I mean by that is if all of a sudden we dip into an early childhood experience of lack or deprivation or abandonment. The consciousness that is experiencing that is the consciousness of a young child, not the consciousness of somebody who is observing with mindfulness. When we're dealing with shock, trauma, or any of these mind states that accompany an early childhood consciousness, it's not helpful to use this method of the Four Noble Truths with it. What is needed is intervention rather than observation.
So the sophistication that is needed is that not only do we need to know what we're feeling, we need to have some ability to assess whether there is sufficient mindfulness and observation present with what we're feeling to relate to it according to the instructions of the Four Noble Truths. And if not, we need a whole other set of instructions. How to intervene in a way that is safe, that is kind, that is compassionate, and doesn't leave this child that didn't get what she or he needed at an early age, once again, on her own to figure it out. How to bring forward the wisdom, the responsiveness, the kindness, the caring, the tenderness, the mirroring, the seeing. And give that to oneself, alternating between inhabiting the consciousness of a child and inhabiting the consciousness of an adult who is able to take care and respond with kindness and wisdom. It's extraordinarily rare for a person to know how to be able to do this by themselves unless they have somebody help them understand and recognize when one set of instructions is useful and what the other set of instruction looks like. How does one intervene? But in one sense, it's not so complicated. Because if we get a feeling for the age of how old we are when we're feeling this. And we can have some sense of what is needed to respond. Language that's appropriate, physical contact that's appropriate, affirmation that's appropriate, helping to make sense that's appropriate, and assurance 
of presence, that you are there and you're not going to go away. So with suffering, there's both looking for suffering and showing up for the wanting and the not wanting. Taking particular care and attention to notice the non-suffering. And to feeling one's way into appropriate intervention with shock and trauma and the consciousness of an early child that sometimes manifests in the present So sometimes, but not always, a sadness that we have or an anger that we have or a feeling of unworthiness that we have may have been triggered by current events but is rooted in early childhood consciousness. And when we take adult tools and try and use them with early childhood consciousness, it doesn't usually work very well. So we need to scoop up that little one in our our arms. And hold her or him close to our own hearts and take her for a walk, sing her songs, do whatever is needed to speak in language that makes sense, to help make sense out of what is going on. We need to mother ourselves, parent ourselves, attend to ourselves in the ways that we didn't get when we needed it.
And so one of the mantras that can help in figuring out is just the mantra, what's happening right now? And how am I relating to it? That might give you some clues as to which tool is needed. Remembering that if the whole thing ends up feeling like a jumble or a confusion or some kind of a mash pit, you can always come back to the breath. You can always come back to the body. You can always come back to the simpler foundations of mindfulness. To ground, to resource, to nourish until clarity emerges about what's the next thing, what's the next responsive thing I can do.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.